Welcome everyone to the Peanut Gallery. This is episode one. My name is Daniel Irwin. I am from the Chicagoland area, specifically the suburbs, as my friends would always call me out on because I'm not really from the inner city. And we're here. We're going to bring you the hottest takes and the greatest news on NFL, fantasy football, and also gambling. And with me, I've got my partner in crime who lives down in Texas, Jared Davis. How's it going, everybody? My name's Jared. Um, I love football <laughs> and I love talking about it. So I'm originally from Kansas City, Overland Park to be specific. So I live here in Dallas now. Um, I'm not a Cowboys fan yet, but never. never we'll see. That we'll see. They're a, they're a likable team, you know? <laughs> All right. And for today, give a quick rundown. We are going to run through the top 100 players list. We're going to talk a little bit about Patrick Mahomes, the half-billion-dollar man. We're going to talk about Jared's backyard in Texas, the Dallas Cowboys, and Dak Prescott's contract situation and what went on there, the Jamal Adams trade. And then we're going to tee it off and end it with a little COVID as that opting-out situation has completed. And also each of us with our one big, bold take for what's going to happen. So let's dive right into the top 100 players. Jared, I'm going to serve this softball up to you. Pat Mahomes, not number one. What, what the hell's going on? I don't know what they're smoking at the NFL Network or, you know, whoever. I, I guess it's the players, right? The players submit right. their, the their, players, their top. coaches, and GMs apparently submit this list to the NFL, NFL Network, and then they, like, massage it, analyze it, and create this, get this list. Yeah, well, I feel like this list was hacked because I watched the videos. <laughs> I watched the videos of like, you know, the top 10 players or whatever and other players here and there. But they go to Mahomes at number four and there's like six or seven NFL players that just get face cuts of saying, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. So how is he number four? If all these guys are saying he's number one. So, I mean, sure, they might have picked the guys that voted him number one to talk about him. But I, okay, so there's that. But then there's also, he just won the Super Bowl. He's the Super Bowl MVP. He was the NFL Offensive MVP of the year in 2018. Uh, Sure, his stats didn't line up in 2019. But you're going to tell me, a guy like Patrick Mahomes that we've never seen before, we're just going to sit on him at number four? Like, okay, maybe number two, I get that. And you give it to Lamar Jackson, who's got the MVP uh, from 2019, had an incredible year. But are we talking about the top 100 players in the NFL, or are we talking about who had the best stats last year? And I think those are two different things. Right. And I feel like that's where they really didn't give any analysis on like what their criteria was. Right. It's like, what, what is your criteria to pick this? Because if it is just purely based on the statistics of last season – then I get it. Absolutely. Mahomes missed a couple games. Lamar balled out. He had over 40 touchdowns, passing and rushing, over 1,000 yards of rushing, which hadn't been done since Michael Vick. So if that's your criteria, fair. But if you're talking literally best player, top 100 players, there's no way Pat Mahomes shouldn't be on that list based on exactly what you said. I was a little heated when I saw the list come out. (laughs) Not going to lie, as a diehard Chiefs fan, I was heated. It's been a couple weeks now. I've let it settle. I've gotten over it. And we, we got other things to look forward to this season. Right. So, thankfully. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously, Pat Mahomes is the most glaring. But a few others I'll touch on. I want to hear your thoughts. Deshaun Watson, for me, way too low. He's number 20. And the reason for me being too low, at this point in his career right now, 
he is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, who's higher, Tom Brady, who's higher on the list, Andrew Brees. All three quarterbacks are higher on this list than him. And from a statistical standpoint, did not put up as good as numbers as Watson. And Watson is just younger. He's in the prime of his career. He's about to take off. And I don't understand how you put him behind three very older quarterbacks, especially Tom Brady and Drew Brees, who are in their 40s. That one made no sense to me. Uh, A couple others, Dak Prescott being 46. No idea how. This goes back to what their criteria was. If the criteria was stat-based for last year, then okay, I get it. He balled out. All those stats he padded against terrible teams. Um, And then my final two on this list, Miles Garrett in the 80s. He's one of the top five defensive ends in the entire NFL. On this list, I think he's there are eight or nine defensive ends that are ranked higher than him. And not only would I say he's a top five defensive end, I think he's a top five defensive lineman, D tackles included in the entire NFL, probably only behind like Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, and Aaron Donald. Those to me on the list, I thought the rankings didn't make a lot of sense. Jared, how about you? Well, you stole my heat with uh, Miles Garrett. I think that one stuck out 80. Are you kidding me? Like he should be at least top 50. They had him way back there. So I definitely agree with you on that one. One that really kind of stuck out to me like a sore thumb was Mark Ingram at 44. They had like Nick Chubb higher than him who, yes, had more yards last year. I believe Ingram beat him out on touchdowns. One thing I just saw was Mark Ingram was, it was hard for me to see him being a great running back. You know, he, he left the Saints where he was kind of dueling it with Kamara, goes to Baltimore, run heavy offense, and balls out. And I, I did not expect that. I had him on my fantasy team last year, and I was just loving every game he played. He still got it. The guy is still one of the elite running backs in the league. And I just thought to see him all the way back at 44 was a little degrading. He, he deserves more. And then another one was uh, Devontae Adams at 57. Over 1,000 yards receiving. One of the top five receivers. He's got Rodgers throwing to him. Like to see him higher on the list. Yeah, that one doesn't, didn't make sense either. The only thing I can think of there is he's always injured. Now he doesn't miss like half a season, but he's usually out like three games. And I think last year specifically he missed four. So maybe that factored into to why he was down farther on the list but once again are we are we judging these guys purely based on the games that they you know oh he was out four games so he got he has to lose a few spots because his stats weren't (laughs) as good as the other receivers right they are his stats were still as good as top receivers in the league even though he missed four games so i i'm judging these players based on pure raw talent at their position and i i think he's you know an elite receiver yeah no I agree with you. I think personally, that's how this list should have been created. And I imagine that's not how it came together. And for me, you know, some players not on this list, which is where it really grinds my gears. That Tech Prescott is somehow in the mid forties. Carson Wentz, not on the list. Matt Ryan, not on the list. Jared Goff, not on the list. All three of those quarterbacks are way better than Dak Prescott. The position, it ain't even close. You can't argue it with me. I'm sorry. They're all better. They've all done stuff in the playoffs. And I just don't understand how you could then put Dak in the mid-40s, but these three good quarterbacks are just left off your list. What are you doing? Well, Wentz is always injured, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, boy. No. He, out of all those guys you said, I, I think, you know, Matt Ryan, I definitely, once again, we're not going just off 2019. I'm thinking of in 2020, how good are the, these players? Year in, year out. 
Matty Ice is consistent and he's always keeping the Falcons competitive. So I agree with that one. Carson Wentz, it's a hard sell for me. I haven't jumped on the Wentz bandwagon yet. Sure, the guy has shining moments. I'm not there. I, I have I'm not we'll see what this year brings, but I'm not I'm not on the Wentz bandwagon fan just yet. Prescott, yeah, he, he was ranked pretty high. I think he's in he's definitely deserves to be in the top one hundred. What was he at? Forty? A little high. Forty six. Yeah. Forty six. Yeah. I think he should have been, you know, eighties, seventies, eighties. That's fair. Yeah, I agree with that. And then the other one for me that was a huge mess based on the other wide receivers that were on this list is Kenny Galladay wide receiver of the Lions. Unbelievable that he's not on here when you have Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, and DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf of the the Seahawks, Cooper Cup of the Rams, Allen Robinson of the Bears. First, there should be no no bear outside of Cleo Mack on this list. That team is absolute trash. We'll get in that when we do the analysis of the NFC, but it's an absolute joke that he made it on this list and Kenny Galladay did not. Kenny Galladay had better statistics, more receiving yards, more touchdowns than all three of those players. That one was a big miss for me. It just felt the Lions didn't get much love because they were so terrible. So I had a I had a few as well that were off the list that I would have liked to see on there. First is Mitchell Schwartz. Yes, here we go, Chiefs fan. The guy doesn't miss a any, he doesn't miss a snap. He's always in the game, always playing, and he only, he didn't well last season. He did not allow a single sack. I know offensive linemen in the top 100 are not uh, it's not sexy. You know, people want to see all the flashy players, but this guy is a stud at his position. He only allowed one pressure throughout the 2019 season for Mahomes. Okay, he's he's guarding J.J. Watt, you know, all these great defensive ends. And the Super Bowl, D. Ford. Was D. Ford a playmaker in the Super Bowl? No, didn't hear his name called once. It's because of this guy, Mitchell Schwartz, in the trenches, doing his job, and he needs some love. And that love needs to be, he needs to be in the top 100. Demarcus Lawrence also would have liked to see him. Cowboys linebacker. Justin Simmons, Broncos safety. I think he's one of the top 10 safeties in the league, maybe even top five. I don't know how these, <laughs> sure, these players are submitting who they think are the top 100, but they, there's some players that are being left out that I, really have me questioning the sincerity of this list, the validity of it. Yeah. Yes, I'm still heated up when you bring it up. Anytime <laughs> I, the top 100 it. comes up. I get heated. Yeah, and, l- and look at you waving the defensive and O-Lion Trenches banner, you know, looking out for those guys and appreciate the hard love. work they put in they there. They need some love. This list, I think Jared and I both agree, absolute trash. Uh, we could create a better one. Eventually, I'm sure someday we will create a better one. Uh, and then that way everyone can just look at our list, knowing that it's nothing but facts involved. We have an objective eye when we look at players and their value to their team moving on from there let's continue talks with our boy patty mahomes big news this offseason he is now a half a billion dollar man and the main concerns or topics around that is okay what does that mean for the chiefs what does it mean for a possible dynasty are they going to be able to surround pat with the appropriate talent with paying him so much so let me kind of go ahead and answer the questions around will we still be able to surround him with talent i think first off this contracts are going to get redone in like five years anyway when the cap goes up but with that in a box basically this is a 12-year contract he added 10 years onto his two years he still had left was his rookie contract and the big thing for me around okay can the chiefs become a dynasty the answer is yes because this is both a team friendly 
and a well a good deal for Pat because he does not start making cap hit ab- above 40 million until 2025. That's five years from now. So the Chiefs still have him. I mean, he's going to be getting paid well overall from a cap standpoint, and the cap is always going to continue to go up each year. We're going to be able to surround him with talent. And the deal he made, he purposely took less so they could the Chiefs could sign Chris Jones, one of the best defensive players in the league, and also one of their best defensive players overall. So I think from that standpoint, Jared, I want to ask you this question. If I put the over-under at three and a half Super Bowls, for Pat Mahomes, which side are you taking? I would, one, win a lot of money on that bet because <laughs> it's it's too easy. I take the over. Um, I think he's good for about five more. Wait, definitely. five more as in like? Six total. Six, six total. Yes. Tying the great Tom Brady. Five five more. What is he, 22, 23 years old? Yes. Yep. 23, I think. So yeah, he's got so many years left, and the Chiefs, are still going to be good. They they kept their core team. Sure, there's been some COVID opt-outs. We'll get to that. But the Chiefs are still at their core there with Andy Reid and his enemy offensive coordinator. The staff is there. The players are there. The, the chemistry is there. Everything's there. And Brett Veach has orchestrated. So I, I do want to talk about the deal real quick. We have not seen deals like this in football. Usually no. a football deal is four to five years. Six is a lot. Usually, you know, four, even four to five is a lot. And, and there are lots of money up front. This deal is little money up front, kind of backloaded, but it's backloaded for five to six years from now. You know, it's a 10 years. He's, he's got two more years on his contract. So that's where the 12 comes from. He's got two more years and then the 10 year contract kicks in making it 12 total years that he's under the Chiefs. Brett Veach has done something. Usually you look at trades and you say, is the player winning this, or not trades, uh, contracts, is the player winning this contract or is the team win- or the management, the coach, you know, who's, who's winning this, the front office or the player? And then this contract, both parties are winning. Patrick's getting paid. He's going to make half a billion dollars. He's happy. He knows the money's coming. And then the, the front office is like, hey, Pat, we're going to give you a little bit up front, just a little, not, not a whole lot, but we're going to pay you long-term. We're going to give you this nice safety blanket of, hey, the money's coming. You're in, you're out, you're getting paid. We just can't pay you all that right now because we got to get these other players surrounding you to keep you who you are, keep those weapons on the team, keep that defense just as good as it was last year, if not better. And, and, and so it's a win-win. It's beautiful. And I wish more teams would look at this and see what Brett Veach has done and take from that and, and let these, pl- you know, some players deserve it. Yeah, sure, Mahomes is like a once-in-a-lifetime talent. There are players in the NFL that deserve the same thing, same treatment. Um, so I, w- I would like to see uh, other teams – other front offices look at this deal and structure more long-term contracts like that. I, I personally think, I mean, we'll see, but if I was the GM and owner of the Texans or the Ravens, I'd be structuring the same type of deal to Watson and Lamar Jackson. Personally, I think both those guys super Even young, the just Cardinals like with uh, Murray. Maybe. I mean, I'd like to see another year or two. I'm already um, there. I'm on the Murray <laughs> bandwagon. I'm, I'm waiting on the Wentz bandwagon, but I'm already on the Murray bandwagon. Okay. You know, okay. I, sure. He's got so many more years in his rookie contract. They're they're fine. My point is, is I agree with you. The Lamar Jacksons, the Deshaun Watsons, the Kyler Murrays, eventually, the Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Brees, 
keep these guys, pay them long-term, build the football team around them because there's only a handful of those guys in the league. There's not even 10. And I think with, with Pat in particular, because eventually, obviously, this deal will we'll get restructured. Personally, I think he's going, obviously, the route of Brady where he's not wanting to be the highest-paid QB each year so that he can – because he understands the endorsement money, winning more Super Bowls. That just keeps adding equity and fame, which then he can leverage, get more money from different avenues instead of just his football contract. So overall, I also agree. We're going to hit the over. Pat's going to hit the over. There's no way the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes don't win at least four total Super Bowls with Pat's tenure as the quarterback. So let's go to another quarterback. The situation is not as you know bright-eyed and bushy-tailed down in your backyard right now in Texas. The Cowboys and Dak Prescott couldn't get a deal done before the July 15th uh, deadline where you had to sign your players to long-term, long-term deals. And Jane Slater was tweeting out that day. She works for the NFL. There was a deal potentially that Dak was trying to get done with them last minute that was supposed to be somewhere between 33 to 35 million annually, 110 guaranteed, 50 million signing bonus, and then 70 million guaranteed over the first two years. Apparently that deal didn't get done. Who knows why? I think the big thing here is that relationship is definitely strained. Dak did sign the one-year franchise tag, which for quarterbacks is $31 million, fully guaranteed. So he's going to be living just fine. I think a year from now, possibly more like two years, just because the Cowboys do have the ability after this year to franchise him again, and he won't be able to do anything except if he's just really that angry and upset and hurt, he can hold out, but he'll be losing out on all that money. I feel like eventually Dak's leaving. And the reason I say that is that exact same day, July 15th, Dak's brother tweeted out he was he's he's not behind jerry jones and the cowboys he goes there's a reason i was never a cowboys fan growing up or before they drafted deck after today who knows how much longer i will be cheering for them harsh wow. words wow so jerry so, what do you think what is cowboy nation down there thinking in dallas what's give us the scoop i think the general consensus in dallas right now is the fans are a little upset they saw deck as their franchise qb who deserves to get paid and to, to lead him to the Super Bowl one day. I am not one of those fans. I'm not one of those fans with that approach with Dak. I, I feel that Dak Prescott is what he, he wants too much. And if they can't get a deal ironed out, they the front office would have worked with him. Jerry Jones w- was trying to work with him. I think the deal didn't get done because Dak wanted too much money. And I want to just glaze over the fact that he doesn't deserve that much money. Sure, 30 touchdowns last year. Great. Kirk Cousins did that in 2018. Kirk Cousins is getting paid, but is he getting paid as much as Dak was wanting? $40 million a year? No. Matt Ryan, another guy. Higher QB rating than uh, Dak. What's his salary? It's not $40 million a year. No, no, it's not. It's nowhere near that. Why all of a sudden? Inflation hasn't gone up to the point where Dak needs to be paid $40 million a year for what he does. Okay. <laughs> But if is he a top five quarterback in the NFL? Absolutely no. not. No way. No. So why does he deserve to get paid like one? Doesn't I, make sense. I, I'm with the front office and the Cowboys. Jerry Jones. I like what they're doing. Franchise him. Give him his little 31 million. Make him happy. 
get out, find someone else. They paid Zeke. They're keeping him. I think that was a smart move. They have a solid defense. They have CD Lamb coming in, rookie out of Oklahoma. They got Amari Cooper still, as long as he doesn't drop as many balls this year. I just, I watched Dak game in, game out, and I just don't see $40 million worth of a quarterback in one year. I see overthrown passes. I see mistakes. I see eight and eight records, either missing, just missing the playoffs or just getting in the playoffs. Not a team that is Super Bowl bound, not a team that is being led by Dak Prescott into victories. They struggled against the Washington football team last year. They struggled against the Eagles. Remember the last last NFC? Oh yeah, it was the oh, Cowboys Eagles to go to the, whoever won that game was going to go right. to the playoffs. And Carson Wentz won that game, baby. And Prescott couldn't pull it off against a mediocre Eagles defense, in my opinion. He doesn't See deserve you. the money. He he deserves that franchise tag. He he deserves to be paid like a number ten, number fifteen quarterback in the league. Okay, let me first start off by saying I agree with your overall punchline premise, which is Dak should get paid, but not forty. I think you'd be fair with like somewhere around like 32 mil a year. Is that fair to say? Because that's yeah, about what think Kirk, Cous- Kirk Cousins make- makes around that. From the rumor mill, obviously I don't know the exact numbers, but from the rumor mill, that's what they were trying to get him to work with. Right. And he wouldn't accept that. It's like, no. I think for me, the reason it was that way and before I go in there. So to your point, which is why you, I also don't think, he's worth that 40 million deck prescott has played 18 teams who have finished with 10 wins or more he's 5 and 13 in those games with 22 touchdowns and 19 interceptions and a qbr that ranks 19th in the league that does not deserve the 40 million he was asking for now i'm a defend deck here because personally, I get why he was upset. This deal should have gotten done a year and a half ago and deck would have easily taken 33 mil a year and been happy with it but the problem was the Cowboys cared about other people. They also showed that they bent to someone who Zeke was still in his rookie contract and was like, nah, I'm not coming until I get a new deal. Two years before his deal was up. So you let someone like that run you around, you give him this $100 million deal, $50 million guaranteed as a running back, which running backs overall, you can find them all over the place if you have the right O-line and good quarterback and good scheme in place you don't need to pay a running back that type of money amari cooper just this offseason also 100 million uh 20 mil per year over five which i personally don't think he's one of the top five wide receivers and deserves that that type of money but you know i'm not jerry jones and cowboys they paid a couple defensive players my my big issue is they paid all the surrounding pieces and yet you don't pay the most important position there and the reason Dak wanted 40 was because you guys didn't want to do a deal a year and a half ago when players like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff did deals with their teams. So a year and a half ago, you clearly still didn't value Dak. You clearly don't today. And he's obviously wanted to make them pay because they didn't give him that deal a year and a half ago. That's right, wrong, or indifferent. That's probably Dak's perspective. And that's what I've been reading and seeing. And I get it. I get his perspective, and I also get Jerry Jones's because I personally wouldn't pay him forty million either. If the Cowboys went fourteen and two, thirteen and three, maybe twelve and four, those records right there. If they if they finish the season like that, then we can start talking about upper thirties, lower forties. When you finish eight and eight as a quarterback, you can't expect to to get paid that much. It just they lost to the Jets, they lost to the Bears. Oh yeah, that was a bad one. Oh man. Cowboys Nation was tearing their hair out, crying. It was rough. It was. And then, like I just mentioned, the the Eagles at the end of the um, season. So those were two of those games. The Jets and the Bears should have been wins. I I think they lost to the Jets by two points, something like that. And the the Bears was 
more than a touchdown, I think. So you got to win those games where it's you're playing a team that's got two wins and or three wins. Right. You got to come away with a W there if you're expecting to go to the playoffs. They yep. they, be, they beat themselves. They, they let these crappy teams run all over them. If they would have won those three games that I just mentioned, then we can start talking about a better um, a better deal for Dak. But you yep. lost them. Yep. And I, I think that's completely fair. And I'd, I'd say to wrap up on this, I think there's a divorce coming. I don't think Dak stays there long term. Do you agree? I'm not 100% sure, but I, I see him leaving as well. You know, it's it's going to be an interesting year for the Cowboys. Because oh, if he if he leaves, who are they going to who's going to be the leader of that team? It's always been Dak. So right. who's, someone needs to step forward and be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys because they got the pieces there. They're just missing the quarterback. And when you have Dak in the front office not agreeing and Jerry you know, like you said, this is a strained relationship. I, I could foresee the Cowboys having a rough year. Yeah, no, I, I foresee another pretty abysmal season for them. Pretty standard, just eight and eight record somewhere around there. So, yeah, we'll see. It was a trade this time that happened uh, just recently. A uh, player was very unhappy being on the New York Jets. I can't blame them. Who the hell would want to play for that franchise? They're always terrible and don't know what they're doing. Uh, basically forced his way out. Jamal Adams, he was the safety for the Jets. One of the, I would say, top five, when you just lump safeties, corners together in a group, I'd say he's one of the top five defensive backs in the entire NFL right now. Traded to the Seahawks, and here's what the Jets got back. The Jets got the former Seahawks starting safety, Bradley McDougal, a 2021 first-round pick, a 2022 first-round pick, and a 2021 third-round pick. Jared, what do you think about this trade? Who won? Who lost? What are your thoughts? With We were talking about contracts earlier in Mahomes, and I said it was a win-win for the team and Mahomes. For trades, it can be a win-win for both teams that are making the trade. I think if I had to pick a winner, the Jets are winning this trade. The Seahawks, what, what they're doing, it make, makes sense. Um, they have a playoff-built team, so adding one of the top safeties in the league is definitely going to help. They just, I feel like, gave away too much. You, you said it was two first-rounders? Yeah, it was two first-rounders and a third-round third pick and, a, and star. A, a starter. Yeah, that's just too much, in my opinion. The Seahawks need them. I think that's a valid uh, piece to their their team. So you, you look at the top safeties. Tyra Matthew, Minka Fitzpatrick, Earl Thomas, Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris. I think Justin Simmons might be just me that thinks that, but he's in there. He's in that top five, you know, core of safeties in the in the NFL. So the Seahawks are adding a piece to their team that is going to ball out for them. So I get what the, why they're doing it, and and it works for the. It's a win win because they're they're getting a playoff piece, and the Jets are getting enough picks and enough and a starter that they can keep rebuilding. And I think you owe an apology, Dan, to the Jets fans that are listening because you you just trashed on their franchise (laughs) what do i owe the jets an apology for but they're they're garbage right now absolutely but when you have (laughs) two first round picks a third round pick i think three years from now that's going to be a different team yeah no i i agree with you the jets finally did something good for the first time in their life like you know clap clap good job jets gm new guy just just started recently well done for many reasons for me one he had a disgruntled player who was constantly tweeting how he hated the coach, hated the owner, the that the toxic was environment, that he wasn't treated fail, fairly, that he was lied to, just trashing the entire organization. You can't have a player come into training camp angry like that. It's going to bring down the whole morale of the team. With that in mind, 
I have no idea how he was able to get this haul because, I mean, if I could find out that information and understand that, I'm sure the GM of the Seahawks knew about this situation as well. So I have no idea why he felt he needed to give away so many assets for Jamal Adams. And the reason I say that is because the Steelers, you just mentioned them, the Steelers traded away only one first-round pick to the Dolphins to get Fitzpatrick. Now, how much better is Jamal Adams than Fitzpatrick? I don't know, maybe 5 10%. Yeah, they're not, pretty neck and neck. But, you know, it's not another first-round pick, a third at a starter. Are you Definitely. kidding me? What a great haul. Yeah, so no, bravo. Well done by the Jets GM. It's the right play. Get the toxic guy who doesn't want to be there out of your team environment. Grab a bunch of assets because, Jets, you're probably not going to do much this season anyway. Um, so, yeah, just keep on building for the future. Hopefully you'll land a bunch of talent here real soon. And then that way your franchise quarterback, Sam Darnold, can you know take over, take control, and maybe win the AFC East now that Tom Brady isn't there anymore. So I got a quick question for you before okay. we wrap this topic up. When was the last time that you can remember that two first-round picks were traded for a player? Was it Khalil Mack? The Khalil Mack uh, Raiders trade? That's the first one that came up. Yeah, that's the first one that I thought of. I was trying to look it up while re- recording this, so I'm not wrong at this assumption. It was. Uh, the Bears traded away a 2019 first round, a 2020 first round, a 2023rd round. So there's your two first rounds and a third round pick. And then a 2019 sixth round. So four draft picks for Khalil Mack. Uh, no starter was traded in that, in that trade. It's basically that kind of level, right? They're getting their two first-round picks, a third-round pick. That's the same exact trade. And then instead of a six-rounder, you're getting a starting – what was he, a starting safety? Yeah, yep. So it's a better trade than what uh, the Raiders got for Khalil Mack. Yeah. Bravo, Jets. (laughs) Which is astounding because when you think of positions, right, and how teams are building right now and how most teams are successful, franchise quarterback, right, solid O-line, some ha- some type of weapons right on the outside and then on, when you talk defense you gotta have a standout defensive end i wouldn't say you have to have an amazing safety to win a super bowl so that's another thing where i'm just like okay what type of difference is he gonna make we'll see i do think obviously it was also a good ad for the seahawks they were made the playoffs last year they're always in the thick of things with russell wilson and, and crew up there they just had another piece they're going to be great again. And who knows? Maybe Jamal Adams is the piece they were missing to get to the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens. Final piece of business before our bold predictions. The COVID has been happening for quite some time. And the NFL deadline for players to opt out was Thursday this past week um, on the 6th. So I'm not sure. I was trying to do some research. I couldn't personally find anything of what the ramifications would be if a player like you know, two weeks into the season was like, I'm done. Um, I obviously presume they wouldn't get paid, but I'm not sure if there'd be penalties or fines or anything. The deadline was over. So going forward, you're not able to, that I'm aware of, opt out due to COVID. Jared, hit me with what teams do you think were affected the most by this, if any? Oh, I think I think some teams were impacted more than others, definitely. Um, the first one that comes to mind, the New England Patriots. Last I heard, um, they were out eight players. And I think that number's gone up since I last checked. We're talking about some of some players, sure, you never heard of their names. Um, they barely touch the field. Then then you hear some players' names where your ears prick up. You're like, wait a minute, Hightower? He's he's out? Wow. Okay. Now, you know, 
there were some major pieces of the Patriots defense that opted out. Other team that was impacted the most, unfortunately, um, Kansas City Chiefs. Damian Williams was a core piece to the Super Bowl victory. I think he had a, a touchdown and, you know, Sure, you always give the MVP to the quarterback, but he was up in the running, in my opinion, for for also winning that MVP award. So, so he's out. The Chiefs lost their uh, left guard, LDT. They lost the rookie offensive lineman that was going to, uh, I thought, replace Tardif. So LDT, I called him LDT. Tardif actually has a PhD and is a doctor. No and big he's, deal. Yeah, no big <laughs> deal. He opted out, which actually uh, helps with the Chiefs' salary cap situation. And he was, I would say, number four on that offensive line. So, you know, the number four uh, best offensive lineman, I think Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, who we talked about earlier, are definitely ahead of him. But the Chiefs are trying to fill that spot. And I thought Yang, I believe he came from TCU, uh, who they drafted in the third round. Yep. Um, so I thought he was going to be able to to come in and and be a good you know filler for Tardif. Apparently he has um, some sort of health issue himself. So it, it almost sounded like the Chiefs were going to kind of you know they don't do this in the NFL obviously, but we call it redshirting in college where you sit out a year. They were kind of going to redshirt him and and just let him heal um, with limited play time. Now th- it makes sense that he opted out. That's kind of an excuse, right? They, they don't need to officially say anything like he has, uh, you know, they don't have to put him on the injury report every, or put him on the IR. He just opted out due to COVID. He's going to sit this year and, and heal and, and get healthy into a hundred percent where next year he'll be a value piece on that offensive line. couple of things make sense for the chief situation. The Damian Williams, I did not want to see happen. I'm, we're going to miss him. He, uh, we have a stud coming in from LSU, uh, Eclair. So I, I think he's going to be, you know, able to fill that gap a little bit. But you don't like to see what's happening. And I think we're up to 69 players have opted out. The deadline has passed. Thankfully, no one else can opt out to our knowledge. You right. know, this thing's been a mess to begin with. So I we're think- navigating in mur- murky waters right now. It's, and, and the fun thing is, is it's going to have an impact on the season and these teams. And, and we'll see what will happen. I agree with with both the teams you called out there and, and the players specifically, the only other player I think on this list that truly impact wise um, kind of mattered to any of the teams was Juwan James, the offensive tackle for the Broncos, unfortunately has decided to opt out. Um, he was entering the second year of his four-year $51 million deal. He was a starter, unfortunately, the year before, which is kind of a good and bad thing, he was injured. So he only played three games. So that means, you know, someone else had already been stepped in and taken all those snaps anyway. So from a cohesive standpoint, it shouldn't be a big loss. But still, when you give a player, you know, a four-year $51 million deal, and then the first year of it, he was injury, injured the whole time. And then the sec- second year, which is this year, he's opting out due to COVID, which everyone, you know, your own choice, personal choice, you have the right to do whatever you want. Pretty unfortunate for them. So he was the only person I think that could have made a, a good and positive impact for the team that was actually going to play and eat up some minutes. So... Overall, that's COVID situation. Uh, different players who have opted out. Patriots, Chiefs affected the most. Broncos slightly coming in third. Now, Jared, it's time. It's bold prediction time. Now, if you say the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl as your bold prediction, I'm going to come to Dallas and slap you. I'm going to go first, mainly because I want to hear your reaction. My bold prediction is that Drew Locke, former Mizzou quarterback, Denver Broncos quarterback, is going to win the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I don't just, like it. I just, I think it's hysterical. Like I, I just, 
That sounded like left field. It's a bold prediction. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. I mean, so what? many things have to fall in place. You ever watch that movie, uh, Angels in the Outfield? We're like, great, fantastic <laughs> movie, by the way. Great movie. Yeah, there's, there's the scene where, obviously, the kid's got the power to throw a baseball really fast and is living with a foster family and his uh, like stepbrother's with him. Right. And he's, he's, they're talking about the Angels going to the playoffs. And I'll never forget this. Like, he just looks up. He's like, they're sitting in the bunk bed. He looks up to his brother. He goes, hey, it could happen. <laughs> you need a Angels in the outfield miracle <laughs> for Drew Locke to even get considered in the MVP uh, conversation. Me, I think that's okay. All right. All put right. your money where your mouth is. Oh, oh don't worry. I, number one, I already have. But let me, let, me, let me start real quick. Let me, let me reel you in. All right. Let me talk you off the sledge and – uh, that this is a terrible, bold, bold prediction. So, Jared, um, Drew Locke, after Joe Flacco kept being terrible uh, and <laughs> as the starting quarterback for the Broncos, Drew Locke started the final five games for the Broncos. Do, do you know what the record was in those final five games? Four and one. Yeah, four and research. one. <laughs> four and one, Jared. That's right. That's a winning record. Last time I looked, I mean, I, I'm not great at math. Yeah, know. but that was that week 17 of freebie because all the starters were sitting out. No, for the, the starters were playing. Thank you okay. very much. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, I don't want to hear it. The only team they lost to were the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. It was a snow game, and he was a rookie coming in the arrowhead against the best team in the league. Yeah, not shocking. Which is his hometown, by the way. I think he's originally from yeah. Kansas City. He's from the Kansas City area. Um, but they beat the Texans by double digits, playoff team, right? That's a sign you want to see. And then they beat the Chargers. That's what you want to see if you're going to make the playoffs, right? And they beat the Lions and the Raiders, Raiders, which are things you want to see, right? Like if you're going to make the playoffs or have a winning record, which if you're going to, you need to have a winning record to probably win the MVP, you got to beat teams like that. So from my perspective, it's great to see. They also added a bunch of weapons. They drafted two wide receivers in this draft with their first two picks. One from Alabama, Jerry Judy, who's an absolute freak of nature. And their defense is always really good. They still got Von Miller up there and several other key defensive players. They traded for a Jaguars corner. And overall, another tidbit for you. Did you know that Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes won the MVP in their second season in the NFL? That's true. So this will be Drew Locke's. Second season of the NFL. Sophomore slump seems to no longer exist. Yep. And also, if you wanted, you, you're like, oh, I wouldn't put money on that. So back two months ago, you know, I saw I saw an investment opportunity. And I went. And Drew Locke's odds were plus 5,500, a.k.a. $100, $5,500 back in my bank account. So now those odds have diminished. So I'm clearly not the only one on this bandwagon. I don't know who else is on it, but other people are picking up what I'm putting down which is that it's, it's possible. So he's now down to plus 3,000, uh, so drastically lower odds than, than what I got in at. And look, I think the Broncos are going to make the playoffs. They're going to have double-digit wins, which could lead to Drew Locke, which I also – I foresee Drew Locke throwing for over 32 touchdown passes at minimum. If he wow. gets up into that 40 range, like if he's at 38 – if he throws between 38 to 42 touchdown passes and the Broncos win 10 games this year, it's, that's possible. Because you, you are living in an alternate universe right now. I, no, I'm not. Like, this could happen. I'm telling you. You got to believe me. This could occur. Like, it's a possibility. And look, when it happens, I'll buy you a drink. All right. With my hey, 5, 2020 is the year for this, something like this to happen. 
Okay. If, if, <laughs> if it's going to be any year, this is the year, you know, as crazy as it's been, but I will just, I'm going to counter your argument just a okay. little bit. That okay. one loss they had in the last five games that he played yeah. was to the Chiefs, and Correct. they scored a whopping three points. It was a snow game in Arrowhead, and the Chiefs were on fire. What? what yeah, he's a rookie I mean, quarterback. Throw, throw him a bone. I just, I would like to see more than three points for him, a, oh, a future Lord. MVP. No, nothing makes you happy. You could have eggs for breakfast and have someone be your maid and do all your chores for you and still won't be hey, a happy camper over there. You know, you know what makes me happy? <laughs> what? My bold prediction. Okay. What is it? Because I can't wait. My bold prediction is that the Arizona Cardinals are going to the playoffs. How? On, on what planet? In what universe is this happening? They are in one of the most toughest divisions in football. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they have what, you know, you asked what makes me happy? Kyler Murray throwing touchdowns. That makes me happy. I think the Cardinals and 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 Murray and uh, Kingsbury and they, you throw in Hopkins in the mix. This is going to be a team to watch. And I think he's also, we, we talked about second year quarterbacks. Kyler Murray's, this is going to be a second year. I'm not saying he's going to win the MVP. I'm not, that's, that's too bold. But I do think that the Arizona Cardinals get around 10 wins this year. And they, they get that wild card spot. Because keep in mind, the NFL extended the playoff, you know, how many teams make the playoffs by an extra right. wild card spot. Right. So there's so, seven teams now in the playoffs. So what started off as a bold prediction, I'm going to sort of, you know, lay some knowledge down. Please, and, and it's please gonna just lay become, some knowledge. It's going to no longer be a bold prediction. It's just going to be what's going to happen. First for betting odds. The Arizona Cardinals, before Hopkins was traded over, had were plus 400. Okay, so your Drew Locke bet was what, plus 500 two months ago? Uh, it was plus 5,500. 5,500. My, my, I'm losing a little bit of value here, but it was plus 400, which I think you know was insane. If you put down money back two months ago, you know, unfortunately, we don't have time machines yet. Right now, as of today, August 8th, 2020, the odds that the Cardinals make the playoffs is 220. So plus 220, you put down 100 bucks, you get your 220. I can't, I would love to say I know the future and I'm 100% accurate on this, but I think there is still a little bit of value there. Obviously, before Hopkins came over, there would have been a lot more value. Yes, the Arizona Cardinals are in one of the toughest divisions. They have no easy path to the playoffs. A couple things that made them easier was the Hopkins trade and extending the wild card spot. But if we look at their schedule, they just need 10 wins, okay? Yeah, please walk me through it. I'm waiting. They, they have to play the Seahawks and the 49ers twice. They play the AFC East, the oh, Dolphins. Okay. Oh, Jets, okay, never mind. Okay, the Patriots, that's manageable. The Bills. So the, the Jets, the, the Dolphins, I think they can win against. And then they'll either beat the Bills or the Patriots. So I think they get three wins there. They're playing the, the Lions at home, easy W. almost called them the R word. The Washington team, football team, they play at home. Uh, so that's an easy W. We're at five wins. Obviously, the Seahawks, they might take both losses to that team. The Rams, I see them winning one one out of the two. So they're, we're okay, at six yeah, now. I can see that. They play the Eagles at home. See ya. Seven wins. What? <laughs> your, okay, Carson, Wentz is, Carson Wentz is losing to the Cardinals. Shot oh, it down. Shot oh, it down in your diary. Oh, Lord. I am. I, I'm going to make a mental note. Then they play in New York at the Giants. I think that's another win. So, so I'm at eight. We're at eight now. We're at eight wins. So uh, they're the ten. They play. They play in care. Uh, yeah, they play the Panthers. They play at, at okay. Carolina. Okay, that's so a W. That's W, right? Come on. That, so we're at nine wins. All right, I'm almost there. We just need one more. 
Where's it coming from? Who you got they play, the, here's, here's, where, here's where we're at. They play the 49ers twice. They play the uh, Seahawks twice. You think they, they only need to get one win out of those four games? Okay. That's presuming think, they win everything you just predicted. Yeah, I mean, come on. Lions, Panthers, Jets, Dolphins. Come on. The, the these Dolphins, are teams that the are Dolphins, beatable. The, they're beatable, but the Dolphins are definitely better. I mean, the Jets, I'll, I'll give you. Like, that's a, that's a layup. But the Dolphins are a better team. And two is going to be a stud. So I think that one's going to be a little tougher than the old well, gimme games that the Dolphins used to be. And the once one and the Eagles, we'll, we'll talk about that another day. But that's just unbelievable. I mean, Jared, you remember the – Okay, okay, okay. So let's say they lose one of those. Nine games. You win nine games, you could be playoff bound this year. You could be. You could be. Ten, I think, is a lock. Ten, you're good. Let me – you know that scene, Jared? Have you seen the the movie Leo DiCaprio, Wolf on Wall Street? Oh, yeah. You know the scene where where he's on his yacht, the the cops come, and he he just starts chucking money? Like, fun coupons, and they start going into the, the ocean. That's Classic. what you were doing with putting any money on the Arizona Cardinals. No, no, no. Oh, going I'm going to be to the doing playoffs. that. I'm going to be doing that once they get to the playoffs. I'm going to okay. have my yacht. I'm going to be checking money around because I won so much of it on this bet. <laughs> All right. I mean, you got the movie clip right. Just the con or the. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and the, what actually is going to happen? Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, this is unbelievable. Whatever. Hey, if you guys want to win money, Go bet on Drew Locke. If you want to lose money, go bet on the Cardinals. Up to you, your discretion, your money. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's be clear on something. <laughs> I am not saying you should go make these bets. I'm just saying there's value there. It's a bold prediction. I'm not saying to gamble. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, do not gamble if you don't want to gamble. In, uh, the, in the betting industry, they call them locks. These are not locks. Right. These are, these are uh, you know... Before the season starts, I'm just going to throw a dart out there and, and hope it hits something. You know? All right. Well, everyone, that wraps up what we have to talk about today. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you next week. Hey,